Hi, hello. How are you? I hope you are doing well. It has been some time, guys. I know. But listen, we are always able to continue from where we pick back up, right? We're always able to kind of keep going. And so I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen and continue on this journey with me. I want to continue to make sure that I'm taking those moments to be like, all right, God, what are you actually trying to say? What are you actually trying to communicate? And how can I best continue to communicate that um, to other people or people who are willing to listen? So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And uh, let's jump into today's topic. I'm going to talk to you guys about potential. Now, potential usually, you know, actually, is that a physics term? Do you hear that? Is that some part of an equation? The potential of this? I don't know. I could be wrong about that. But um, potential, sometimes we hear that in a certain way of, you know, when people talk about like relationships and they say like, that's a potential or they're my potential or, or I don't know. I don't know what references are for you. Maybe you've never heard that before. So sorry that I just inserted that in your mind. We're not going to be talking about that today. Today, we're going to be talking about potential in terms of how God sees you because I believe that God sees potential in us before we actually see it within ourselves. There is a potential that God sees in you that's not necessarily dependent on your strengths or your ability or your, um, you know, willingness to do things right all the time. There's a potential that God sees in you that he actually places in you to be able to do the things that he's calling you to. So when God looks as he looks at you and says, yo, you can do this. It's not necessarily because you believe in your own ability to do it, but because you believe that God is able to do it He's able to do all things. He's able to do anything. And through that faith, God empowers you and ultimately anoints you to give you the strength and the grace to do what he's called you to do. So today we're going to be talking about potential, biblical, um, spiritual potential and how God sees you. Okay, so why potential? Potential is pretty important in life right? There are going to be moments in your life where you are at a crossroads. You're going to have to make a decision. And sometimes your decision can be guided by fear or outside ideas or things that are pressurizing you to kind of think in a particular way, right? But if you knew your potential, if you knew um, what was possible, sometimes it w- it's a lot easier to step into things when we have all the answers, right? When we see the outcome, we know what is the result of how this is going to go. Um, and, the, and a lot of the times, the unknown is the scariest part for us. Uh, sometimes it's not necessarily, you know, jumping out of the plane. That's the scariest thing. It's oh my goodness, what is going to happen when we actually get into this helicopter or get into this you know, vessel, go all the way up in the sky, and it's the moment that we look down that we're like, how how are we actually going to jump off this thing and land safely and 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 essentially not die? How, how is this going to happen? And so sometimes, you know, we're, we're encountering things at certain stages of the road that we're on, right? And sometimes we take that to mean, oh, maybe this is not where I'm meant to be because now I feel afraid or it doesn't make sense or it is not clear. And a lot of the times, God doesn't really operate on that. And so what I mean by that is a lot of the times you don't get the full picture. 
A lot of the times you don't fully know the whole answer. A lot of the times you don't even know why you're on the road that you're on. And and the, the beauty of that though, is that that place of unknown, that place of not having all of the answer, you are actually allowing God to reveal his plan in a greater way because the way that you think this particular thing is going to end up or how it's going to be, all of these different things, God is able to do a higher thing than what we think is possible. He can take a situation that you think is going one way and really create something so much more beautiful than you could ever think or imagine. God has good plans for you. You know, he wants good for you. God has peace for you. God wants to give you an expected end. He's a good, good father. And so we want to talk about potential because there is a, 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 a world where a lot of people don't believe in their potential. There are a lot of things that make you feel like you're not good enough or you're not qualified enough or you're not able, you're not capable. And so whether that is in a, a arena of the workplace or whether that's in a, a arena of just a next stage in your life, there's a lot of people, you might've just found out that you're, you're a, a father, a soon to be father. And you're like, yo, I don't even think I can do this. Listen, you are capable. You have potential. There are things in your life that have prepared you for this moment and transfer that over into other things in your life that is going on where you feel like, I don't even know if I can do this. You have potential. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. One of my favorite people to read about and to learn about and to talk about under this topic of, you know, godly potential is Joshua. I love reading about Joshua. Let me tell you why. Joshua's life paints a beautiful picture of being able to like see something at one stage, like an early stage, and then seeing it actually come to pass later on. But being able to look back and be like, oh yeah, that is where God was actually preparing me. Oh yeah, that is actually what God was depositing in me in order to prepare me for this moment that I'm now currently in. You almost get that aha moment, right? Like you remember how before I was saying sometimes you don't get the full picture, but there are moments where you can look back and be like, okay, I didn't necessarily like this season. That season was really hard. Like I said, we get all the way up to the plane and we look down and we're like, how are we going to land? But once you land, you're able to look back and say, I can do that. I can actually conquer that thing. I can actually move in that direction. But what you also realize is that you're not jumping alone, right? And so let's talk about Joshua. So a verse that I want to start off with is, is um, a common verse that sometimes you might hear or you might see, but um, we're going to start in Deuteronomy chapter 31 starting in verse six, going to verse eight. And so the Bible says, be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he it is that does go with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you. And Moses called on to Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all of Israel, be strong and of good courage. There it is again. For you must go with this people onto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and you will cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, 
He it is that does go before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you, neither forsake you. Fear not be, neither be dismayed. So there's some repeating points going on there, right? We hear a repeat being discussed and shared with Joshua specifically of this idea of be strong, essentially be of good courage and don't be afraid. We see that being repeated throughout these verses in different ways. Again, in, in verse seven, be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid of them. And then again, in verse eight, you see it again, this, this reinforcing idea of not being afraid. And the fact that it's God that is actually going to go ahead of you. He's going to be around you. He's going to be with you in order to do this thing that he has called you to, to, to do. Now let's pause in that thought for a second. What are the things going on right now in your life that you feel like is impossible, that you feel like is not gonna happen, that you feel like is not possible. I want to kind of allow you to insert yourself in these three scriptures because like I said, there are voices in things and anxieties and insecurities that are gonna try to speak into your life, making you believe what your potential is. But there's another voice this is the voice of God that can see through the mess. Do you understand what I'm saying? See through the muck, see through the toxicity in your mind and in your heart. And there's a potential that God sees in you because the Bible says God is looking for a heart that is upright towards him. God doesn't just pick people because they're qualified. He picks people where he is able to be glorified. There's a difference. I'm going to get back to those that point because I want you to really understand what I'm saying. So listen, there's another voice speaking over you, right? You see yourself in one way. You see the situation in one way, but God is speaking over you words of encouragement saying, listen, my child, listen, my son, listen, my daughter, you're going to need to be strong. You're going to need to have good courage. Listen, don't be afraid. Why? Because I'm with you because I'm with you. So, so remember how I was saying that sometimes you don't get the full picture. Sometimes you you don't get the full glimpse, but God gives you what you need in order or in order to do the thing that he's calling you to do. So in this particular moment, God is not necessarily giving Joshua the full picture of how, what is going to happen is going to come to pass in his life, but he is reassuring him of the fact that he he is with him. He is reassuring him of the fact that he will never leave, that he will never forsake him, and that he will not fail him. And at some time in points in your life, you're going to have to be reminded of this. Yo, God is with you. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. And I know sometimes you might want, well, God, I just want the answer. But actually, God's promise sometimes is greater than the answer because when we receive God's promise and we believe it, God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly with that. Why? Because God operates and moves. He moves by faith. Faith is what moves him, right? I want to give you an example of this. There was a time where Jesus was walking around and he was um, coming towards this town and this village. 
And uh, at this time, he, you know, performed miracles. He healed people. He healed the sick. He healed the blind. He um, was able to, to, to kind of heal different people of different things that they were going through. So people knew of him. They knew like, okay, there's this person and, and he's doing these miraculous things, right? And so there was this town that specifically says in the Bible that um, it, it, it kind of negated where Jesus was walking to because he wanted to walk into this town. But because of this town's unbelief, it didn't create an atmosphere. It didn't create an environment where he could gravitate to and, 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 uh, answer a particular prayer or do a particular miracle because of the unbelief. So belief actually attracts the, 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 the hand of God. And so I, I, there's another verse that says that it is impossible to please God without faith. Faith is important. We must believe who he is and who he says that he is. Right. And so, um, I want to speak these words over you be strong and of good courage, fear not, and be not afraid of them. Okay, so we were in Deuteronomy. Now we're going to jump a little bit back in time because the point in the story where we're at is that Joshua is actually about to embark on this really big moment in his life because his mentor, or in essence, his leader or his predecessor, Moses, is about to kind of like pass on this torch of leadership to Joshua in order to lead, to lead um, the people uh, uh, over the Jordan and into the promised land. There's something, it's integral happening here. But, we, but before this happens, we're going to jump back um, somewhat of like, it could have been anywhere between 30 and 40 years prior to this moment in this point in time. Um, we're going to look at something where God is depositing and training and developing Joshua. So there is a moment where Moses speaks to Joshua and says, yo, I'm going to, you, you, you need to now step into this role of leading these particular people in this battle, in this battle that's going to happen. And this is your opportunity essentially to lead. And so Joshua does it and he leads the people. And there's a whole bunch of other things happening. Um, but essentially Joshua does it and he leads in this, in this battle that happens and, um, he's able to win this battle. He's able to defeat this enemy. He's able to kind of see the victory that takes place. And when that happens, God specifically tells Moses to tell and to continue to rehearse what has just happened to Joshua, right? So right now, I've been reading from Exodus chapter 17. And as you read it, you hear about this battle that takes place and the communications between Moses and God and um, how Joshua actually wins this particular battle. Why is this important? Well, first of all, Joshua was really young. It's believed that he was around like 20 years old at this time. And so this is kind of like one of the first things that he's kind of doing on his own, not necessarily on his own, but, you know, leading into something. And so he's able to do this thing. He has victory over the situation. And then in verse uh, 14 of chapter 17 of Exodus, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, 
for I will utterly put out out of memory this enemy, right? And so why why am I kind of pointing this out in the story? Because God doesn't want you to forget what he did. Mm. God doesn't want you to forget what he did because he doesn't want you to forget who he is. Because who he is never changes. Your situation might change. Your feelings might change. The, um, your, your, your surroundings might change. But God actually doesn't change. And this is important for you to remember. Why? Because if he is the same God, right, in the other example, that was with you when you went up into that helicopter, you jumped off of the helicopter, I don't know, you were skydiving or you were bungee jumping, whatever it was, and you landed on your feet. God doesn't want you to forget the victory in your life, specifically the victories that you know only God could do. Why? Because he wants you to believe the impossible for right now. I know it looks impossible, but with God, all things are possible, specifically the things that he's speaking and saying will come to pass. God didn't want Joshua to forget his encounter, his experience, because he wanted Joshua to develop a a, a susceptibility. He wanted him to develop a faith that wasn't based on what he could see, but what he knows. I need you to listen to what I'm saying. God didn't want Joshua. God doesn't want you to develop a faith based upon only what you can see and understand in your human mind, but what you know. Because what you know is your foundation. Truth is your foundation. It's actually the anchor that keeps you grounded despite everything around you arguably falling apart. It's the anchor that keeps you though the storms blow and the wind and and, and, and things in your life are turned upside down. There's something in you that continues to declare God is good and I know who he is. And his mercy is towards me. His grace is towards me. There's something beautiful about not knowing the full picture, not having all of the answers, but believing and knowing who God is. If God was with me before, he will be with me again. Now, when we talk about potential, one key thing that I want to note is actually regarding Moses, because Moses actually didn't believe in his own potential. He didn't actually believe what God was calling him to do. Why? Because he didn't seem to be the first choice that people probably would have chosen to be a leader, to go into the palace or the kingdom of Pharaoh and to do all of these particular things, to petition on behalf of the people and to lead them through this wilderness and all of the different things. They wouldn't have chosen him. Why? Because he said himself, even to God, he's like, God, I can't necessarily lead. Why are you picking me? I don't even speak well. Right. He, he didn't even believe what God was speaking over him. God was like, yo, I'm, you, you going to go to Pharaoh. You're going to have these, you know, demonstrations. You're going to lead the people out of slavery and out of bondage. And Moses is just like, but I don't even speak well. Why don't you send my brother or why don't you send so and so? Like, I'm just not even I do not have the potential. And it's interesting, right? Because Moses essentially becomes, right, Joshua's leader and mentor. But what I'm trying to show you is that Moses didn't even believe in his potential, right? And God had to kind of like equip him and, and show up and be like, yo, but like, I'm with you, right? 
So I don't want you to 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 think only about the potential that you see within yourself, but to believe what God said he's able to do through you and in you and around you. So so this is the moment where I want to talk about potential. Godly potential is seen through the anointing of God. What do I mean by that? Okay, here's an example. There was a particular point in time where there was um, like the people of Israel, they wanted a king, right? Like they were kind of like looking at other people and they were looking at how like the systems and the, and the you know, kind of like the government system was working for other people. And they're like, yeah, we don't have a king. We want a king, all of these different things, blah, blah, blah. We, we, we kind of want to be like everybody else. And so what ends up happening is that there's someone by the name of Saul, King Saul, he is a appointed, essentially elected by the people to be king. Now, Saul fits the transcript. You know what I'm saying? He fits the culture of who you would think would be a king. He comes from a particular family. He has a particular statue. He looks the way that he looks. All of these different things, he would make sense, humanly speaking, to be appointed as a king. Now, once we get into David, if you know anything about David, um, he has very humble beginnings. He's a shepherd boy. You know, he's a sheep boy. And the moment that um, there was a prophet that came into his house and was talking to his father, and uh, was saying, hey, God sent me here because God says that he's going to essentially anoint someone to be king. Uh, David was like uh, the youngest. Um, he didn't look the part. He didn't feel the part. He didn't even know God was going to use him. And so his father presents his older brothers, all of his older brothers before him. Didn't even, he didn't even call David to be a part of this assembly, right? And so this prophet is going through all of his brothers and God keeps saying, no, not him. No, not him. No, not him. And specifically says, for man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. You see, it's not about necessarily who's qualified. It's the person who's willing to allow God to be God. And that is where the miracles begin to happen, right? And so he ends up, the prophet ends up picking David. And the point that I'm trying to make with this is that Saul was appointed, but David was anointed. I need you to understand something. When God presents an option to you of your life, he's calling you in a particular direction. He will equip you for what he has called you to do. Now, the anointing of God is something that is supernatural. It's a spiritual transaction. It's not something that's like humanly understood. I can't write out an equation for you to humanly understand this. But essentially, God is empowering you to do what he has called you to do despite which you think disqualifies you hallelujah so it is a beautiful thing to be anointed by god because when you're anointed by god ain't nothing can stand against what god is calling you to do listen and it doesn't mean that you might not you know have troubles along the way or maybe make some mistakes along the way but the anointing of god is really what keeps you and so listen you might think that right now you're a mother and you think you know i just don't feel like i'm capable of doing this job i keep messing up i don't know how blah 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 all these different things god anoints 
you. And he's going to give you capabilities you didn't even know that you had to be able to deposit in your kids life, you know, and, and speak into them or even people that, you know, maybe they just look up to you as a mentor. He's going to empower you to be the light in their life in a way that they actually really need. And so God specifically told Moses to remind Joshua continually of what the potential of God is, because without fully seeing the complete picture, Joshua would need to come to believe he would need to be courageous and strong without fear in the will of God over his life now here's the important key thing we need to keep in mind god can give you the you know spiritual um potential to do his will but he also gives you a choice he gives you a choice he gives you room to respond to what he's trying to do through you and in you for a greater measure for something greater than you think or you know or can expect but you have a choice i want to read something to you it's deuteronomy chapter 30 starting in verse 15 it says see i've set before you this day life and good and death and evil in that i command you this day to love the lord to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statues and his judgments, that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land where you go to possess it. But if in your heart you turn away so that you will not hear, but will be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce you unto this day, and you will surely perish, and that you shall not prolong your days upon the land, whether you pass over the Jordan to, to possess it. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and the generations after you may live, right? And in verse 20, it says that you may love the Lord your God and that you may obey his voice, obey his voice, that you may cleave onto him for he is your life and the length of days that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore onto your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give him. And so he's giving you a decision. He's saying, listen, I, there are two roads before you. You can do it your own way. You know, you can do it in your own strength and your own power because you feel like you don't need me. That's an option. But that road, you need to understand, leads to death. And it leads to life without hope. Meaning when you die, you don't know what's going to happen, right? You don't know where you're going to end up. You don't know where your soul's gonna be, but God is saying, listen, there is another road, and this road leads to life. It actually is life. And on this road, I'm with you, and you don't gotta do it alone. You don't gotta face it alone. You don't gotta carry everything 
thing on your own and every anxiety and every insecurity and all of the things you don't got to be your own god you can allow me to be lord of your life and let me show you the good that i can do hallelujah let me show you the good that i can do in your life that you haven't experienced yet because i am the god that is able to do all things right God can create a path for you, but you got to choose to respond to it. And listen, it's not hard. It's actually pretty easy. It's just, yes, Lord, I choose to trust you. Yes, Lord, I choose to walk on this road. Yes, Lord, I choose to, to take one step after another. Yes, Lord, I, did, I choose to say yes, even though I don't know the full answer. I don't see the full picture, but I believe that you are who you say that you are. So listen, friend, friends, be encouraged in this moment. Be encouraged to know that the Lord sees you. Be encouraged to know that he loves you. Be encouraged to know that he knows the very number of hairs on your head, that he knows you inside and out, that he's designed a a plan for your life that he desires goodness in your life, that he desires hope in your life. Listen, I know that it might feel hopeless, but it doesn't mean that you are without hope because he is a good father. He gets in the trenches with his people. He doesn't just decide to stay on his throne. He disthroned himself to become like us, to become a human being, to live a life of sacrifice, to go through the very sufferings that we go through on a daily basis and ultimately deciding to say, I am going to take the punishment. I'm going to take the bullet on your behalf. Why? Because I love you. Because I love you. You see, his grace is made available to you, but you got to respond. God is here right now. There's a verse in the Bible that says, call upon the name of the Lord. Call upon the Lord while he is yet near. God is giving us space and time to experience him and to respond to him. He's not going to force himself onto you, but he's going to make himself available to you. And listen, the world is changing. The times are changing, but God remains the same. But don't miss out on the time that he's giving you because there will be a moment in time where that decision of choosing life or death is going to become very real and very apparent. But God wants to give you every opportunity to experience freedom, to experience true joy. I don't mean temporary joy, but true life-giving joy. He wants to give you so much. If only you knew truly how much he loves you, how much he cares for you. You know, he is with you and willing to take you wherever you are at. I don't care what you are doing. I don't care if right now you're doing drugs. I don't care right now if you're in a place where you're kind of doing things that you don't feel like is is that great or you feel ashamed of. I don't care what the darkness is that you feel like is too heavy around you. God is the God that is able to run after you. He's able to break that door down, meet you right there where you're at and say, hey, I'm with you here. I'm with you here. I'm with you here. Because can I tell you something? We all fall short. We all are missing 
the mark, but it's God's grace, the free gift that is made available to you where he's like, I want to be with you though. I'm saying yes to you though. You don't need all of the answers. Those things will come. Those, 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 those realizations and those understandings will come, but just say yes to me. Because every other voice is going to pull you away and draw you away. But I'm the one thing that remains. I never change. So I just hope that you're reminded of his love. His love for your life. His plan for your life. Listen, these promises are not just for the people in the Bible. The Bible is a blueprint. The Bible has been given us, been given to us so we can make references. But listen, the Bible, the promises in the word is for us to receive. It's for you and for me. It's not just for these people. It's, it's for everyone who will humble themselves confess their wrongs, confess their grievances, and believe and trust that God is who he says that he is. It's that simple. It's, that, it's not a whole procedure. You know, it's not a whole, I'm going to dedicate this whole year to not doing this particular sin. It is just saying yes to Jesus. And so what God is saying in that chapter in Deuteronomy really is just Hey, here's a clear picture. There are two roads, but I want you to choose life. But I want you to choose joy. But I want you to choose life. You know, the Bible says that God is a jealous God. And people might not really understand that because we understand jealousy in terms of a human light that is a lot of the times very negative. But there is a godly jealousy where it's like, I am not happy knowing that you are not living your full potential. I am not satisfied knowing that you're going to live your life in a broken ideology, in a broken mindset of your own self when you could truly experience real joy and real freedom and real peace. And I want to give that to you because I'm the only one that can give that to you. So I'm jealous that you're trapped when I know that I can set you free. I can set you free. 